Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to the um, week number three, lecture number three of the Purpose of Singleness course. I hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. I hope this week has been a week full of productivity, have been a week full of focus and growth, and I'm excited um, to once again be before you all to give you what I feel God has given me, um, to give you all, um, to help you guys and gals better understand who you are in Christ and who you are in this state of singleness. So if you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out. If you're watching this later on YouTube or listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, go ahead and hit that share button. Let's get this information in front of as many singles or individuals in unsure relationships as possible, because I really do believe um, that, that you guys have a purpose and that God wants you to maximize your singleness so that it will be uh, proven, so that you'll be proven effective in every stage of your life. So as you come in, hit that like button. Let's get this video, get some traction. Let's share it to as many people as possible. Let's like it. Let's engage. And let's have an amazing time as we occupy the presence of God with his teaching and his precious spirit that's going to govern this session to enable us to gleam and learn from the teacher of all teachers. Christ himself through his spirit. So I'm gonna go to the chat box, see how everybody's doing. If you're uh, new to my channel, uh, feel free to subscribe, hit the, hit the bell. Um, we have a lot of great resources, over 1,500 videos to you at your disposal uh, for you to really engage and really uh, better understand who you are and what God wants you to be and become in life. So I'm gonna go to the chat box and then I'm gonna get right into my notes. I'm gonna give some of our um, classmates an opportunity to come into the live and give you all the opportunity to share the video. So let's get ready to learn. Let's get right in this chat box. Andrea Love, what's going on? Celeste Wooden Brownlee, what's up? How you feeling? Natasha Renee, how you feeling? Info me ASAP. Hey, why you feeling? Vitrina Pender, <clears throat> excuse me. Good evening, <clears throat> excuse me. Diva, this video was right on time. I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad it's on time for you. I've been waiting for this all week. I have two, I have two. Thank you so much for joining. Connie, how you feeling? Hey, let me know where y'all watching from as well. Michigan, thank you for watching from Michigan. Let me know where... All y'all are watching from. Hey, coach, God bless you too, Alexis. God bless you. God bless you. Let me know what city, what state, what country, where y'all watching from. It's very humbling to know um, that a country African like me, um, the Lord is using me to uh, and helping people watching from all over. We got Denver in the building. We got Houston. We got Maine in the building. We got Minneapolis in the building. Atlanta in the building. New York, Florida, <clears throat> Chicago, Tampa, New York City, Fresno, California. Hey, Divine 15. Birmingham, Alabama. I got great family down there. Daytona Beach. What's going on? Oklahoma, North Carolina. Stand up. Sydney, Australia. Thank you for watching all the way from the down under. I pray you safe amongst all those fires. Hey, Coach Charlotte, North Carolina. That's hometown for Coach. Cambridge, Maryland. What's going on? Real quick, Coach. How do you feel about burning sage? I, I, I'll get to the question a little bit later. Be ready, though. Be ready with your question because I'm going to open up some time for questions as well. <clears throat> God bless, Coach. I need to go to sleep. I got to work in the mornings. Oh, thank you for watching from London. I know you got to do what you got to do, but this video will repost and will be available for you all to go at your own pace. Columbus in the building, Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you all for coming in. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to give you all a few more, maybe a couple more minutes and uh, to get some more classmates in to get y'all sharing, to get y'all engaged and ready. Hope y'all got y'all pen and paper. Uh, St. Louis in the building, Augusta, Georgia. Hey, hey, hey. I just want to make sure y'all got y'all notes for those who's a part of the life work community. Y'all already got y'all worksheets. If you like, man, coach, I want some exclusive content in this course. Uh, Jamaica, Kingston, what's going on? If you want more exclusive content from this course, you got to sign up to lifework.teachable.com. Um, it's free. 
um, and all that good stuff. New Hampshire in the building. Hey, Aline. What's up, Nick Antoine? What's going on? Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to discover, develop, and distribute your purpose. These first couple or uh, these first three lectures are basically overview lectures. Um, so it's, a, it's dense. It's a lot of information at, one, at once, but we have a long time with each other. So uh, uh, throughout the rest of the weeks, we'll go a little bit deeper into some of these points. So don't understand. What's up, London? New Orleans, what's going on? I know it may feel rushed. I know it may feel dense, um, but know that I want to make sure I I, uh, I jam-packed the beginning of this course with, with substance and, and, and just kind of spark awareness, spark intrigue, and, uh, and, and, and inspiration um, for the rest of the course. So come on in. Let's get right into it. Those who have their worksheets, let's get started. Today we're going to be talking about, or the main thought for this lecture is, I'm going to read it here. It says, you have a purpose and you were created for fulfillment, not retirement. My main thought that I want to drive home today is that you were, whether you believe it or not, whether you agree with it or not, you were created with for a purpose. You have a purpose. And you were created for fulfillment, not retirement. I want to break that down real quickly. Uh, we have been programmed to pursue a career and not to fulfill a calling. Callings are, are done at the day of death. You see what I'm saying? And for some, for those who have residual impact still spawning beyond a death, their calling can still be heard um, years and years beyond their life. Um, but we have been programmed to live a life based upon a career that we work for someone for a period of time. We work, we work, we work. And then when we get 65, 70, we stop working and whatever. But as a created being, we never stop working. We are who we are. We are uh, 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 purposed for a purpose. So you have a purpose, whether you believe it or not, and you were created for fulfillment, not retirement. Next point. In order to fulfill your purpose, you must discover, develop, and distribute it wisely. My main thought for these for this evening is that you have a purpose and you were created for fulfillment, not retirement. But in order to fulfill your purpose, you must discover it, develop it, and distribute it wisely. That's why for all singles, you are in the prime um, position to be able to discover it because you have you don't have um, um, too much um, pulling on you at this moment for some singles. There's some singles who have children. Don't get me wrong, but this is the prime opportunity for you to be able to say, God, what what was I created for? And my job this evening is to help you get within the proximity. What's going on watching from Philly? My goal is to get you within the proximity of your purpose and the Holy Spirit will guide you thereafter to help you better understand the nuances of your purpose. But let's get to our points. But before we do, let's look at the scripture for tonight. Tonight's scripture is going to be coming from Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's going to be the scripture for this evening. We'll elaborate on a little bit later, but let's continue on. The definition of purpose, let's start there. <clears throat> purpose is, de is defined by the reason for the reason for which something exists or is done, made, or used, etc. An intended or desired result, end, aim, goal. The definition of a person <clears throat> or purpose is the reason for which something exists or is done, made, used, etc. An intended or desired result, end, aim, or goal. 
Each and every one of us have a purpose. And in order for us to discover that purpose, we must know the person of purpose, the one that spawned this whole existence, the one that had no beginning, has no end, that from his uh, eternal essence breathed life and created beings, created us, created us to, to fulfill a predestined, prearranged calling. The unfortunate thing about in this, and uh, within God's providential nature is, or in his predestined um, essence is that there is free will of mankind. And in that free will, we have the will or the ability to choose against what we were created for. <clears throat> Everything in life, whether, um, whether you know it or not, has a purpose. And you know its purpose by it, by its ability to work accordingly. Everything in life is operating according to what it was predestined to do. This ring light in front of me was predestined to light. This computer was predestined to compute. This microphone was predestined to, to, to record. Everything in life has a purpose. Unfortunately, we as human beings through our free will can choose against what we were created for. Your purpose is inside of you. You are you were created and inside of you is everything you need to be. You are like a seed. Inside of an apple seed are apples. Inside of an orange seed are oranges. Inside of every seed is what it was predestined or created to produce. But based upon where it is planted will determine if it will produce the fruit that is already packaged in you. The best place for you and I to be planted is in the presence of God. He is the soil by which we supposed to bloom from. He is the soil by which we'll grow from. He says we have to be like trees planted by the rivers of water whose leaves will not fade. The reason why trees leaves do not fade is not because they're dependent on the rain that falls. They're dependent on the rain that's the water that's up under them. When we are rooted in the soil, the rooted in God's presence where there's the fullness of joy, we will then begin to find true life. But most of us are dependent on opportunities of rain versus depend on the pleasant of the pleasant and consistent the streams of the water abundant us. The well that never runs dry is the spirit of God. And when we root our lives in him and in his spirit and submit ourselves to it, our leaves will never fade, will never fade, and our fruit will always be, be present. But when you choose not to be planted in him and you choose to be dependent on the next opportunity, dependent on what this man might do for you, what this one might do for you, what happens when it doesn't rain? If your roots don't find the stream beneath it, you will be you will be enslaved or desperate for the rains above. That's why it is important for you as a single person to understand the beauty of the presence of God, the beauty of being in a consistent, thriving relationship with him that allows you to feel electric that allows you to feel purposeful, that allows you to, 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 because he lives, you can face tomorrow. But the reason why many people don't can't face tomorrow, they're not willing to face God and say, God, here am I. Change me, renew me, show me who you saw I was before I was even thought of. The one who holds the purpose or the one who knows your purpose deeply is the one that created you. Definition of purpose is the reason for which something exists or is done. You were not created to just exist. You were created to exist or to execute a purpose. You were or the reason for which something exists or is done, made, used, etc. An intended or desired result. I love that. 
that God has an intended and a desired result from your life. <clears throat> That's why my goal in my life is to engage with him thoroughly because I want to be in a place where I at least produce at least within the 90s or latter 80% of what I'm supposed to produce. I do not want to die and stand before my maker and only and didn't even scratch the surface of what I was supposed to supply in this world. I want to be able to live a life where I'm able to die, live full, but die empty. That's the beautiful thing about life. That's what fulfillment is. Fulfillment is I am full of something that's supposed to fill a spot that's empty. Right now, there's a place in this earth. There's there's a community. There's a there's a there's a framework. There there's 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 a place that is empty. That is a hole. It's a hole in this world that you are full enough of the 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 creative ingenuity, the the ideas, the the wittiness, the cleverness, the the ability to be able to completely fill that hole. That's what fulfillment. I have to be full to feel. There's a spot in this world that you were created to feel, but you got to know what you're full of. And some of us are full of junk. We got to make sure that we're full of joy. We got to make sure we're full of something that is of some value to the kingdom of God. But many of us, since we were little kids, we have been, we, we, we went through so much negativity that we're more full of our past troubles or more full of trauma, more full of mental, emotional, physical illnesses. That about time we even get the opportunity, we're now trapped in a consequence. The devil knows the best way to, to cause catastrophic damage to your purpose is to, is to get you caught up in a choice that spawns consequences that makes it uh, 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 darn near impossible to overcome. But greater is he that's in you. It doesn't matter how many consequences surround you today. You, through the help of the Holy Ghost, can overcome. But this is for all the young singles, the singles who don't really got a bunch of consequence in life. You got to be very <clears throat> um, unweary leery about the choices that you make because the choices that you make will spawn consequences and consequences could spawn catastrophic damages to the potential calling in your life. But God has an intended desire result from your life. When you reach out to God, he will release to you the things that you're supposed to do and that you will be motivated to produce a result that's residual. We as individuals were created to create residuals, things that create, things that spawn. The fact that God spoke once and light still shines is the fact that it gives us a clue or a glimpse to how we're supposed to be in his life. Not equal to him, but but in but in comparison, we're supposed to be individuals that creates things that creates things, creates things that creates things, generational uh, uh, finances and generational faith. Something that benefits the, 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 your children's children and the church's church. You see what I'm saying? That's what the framework of mind that we're supposed to have. God, what residual thing is supposed to be the result of my life? Listen, when I die, there's going to be 50, 60, 70 books there. There's going to be thousands upon thousands of videos. There's going to be resources upon resources that will continue to produce residual income and impact down the road. That should be your single mindedness. God, what is the result of my life? What is the purpose of who I am? But if you really spend time with uh, if you really spend time with the person of purpose, you won't be purposeful. Let's keep going. I'm going. I'm 15 minutes in and I only got to the second point. Next point. 
The clues to your purpose are inside and outside of you. The clues to your purpose. This way, you this is why you're here. You're here because you want to know clues. You want to know um 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 clues to, to, to your calling. Now let's keep going. The clues to your purpose are inside and outside of you, meaning everything you need to know about what you're supposed to do is inside of you. Everything. The only reason why you don't know what's inside it because is because you planted in the wrong place. When you plant it in the world system and you root it in in false ideologies and you root it in poor perspectives, you're not rooted in the in the in the presence of God. You won't even be able to recognize what's in you. I began to blossom the more I began to engage with God. I began to to really see what was inside of me. Insecurities begin to die. Inadequacies begin to fade. Uh. Uh. Uh, uh, excuses begin to dissipate, disappear. Because when you're in the presence of God, all those things melt away. Do not be afraid of the light because the light will reveal to you what needs to be burned out of you. And when you engage the presence of God, you will begin to see the shell of you crack open and the precious gems burst out of you. But the clues are inside of you. Look, I was always good with words. I was always a patient person. I was always a listener. I was always that. I was always that before the beginning, before I was even thought of. God packaged that inside of me. The devil wants to sabotage what God hid in you. The enemy wants to make sure that what was hidden in you never comes out. Why do you think he tried to kill every boy under the age of two? Through, through uh, the king back when Jesus was born. Because he said, listen, if I, if I could just wipe out all the boys two years and younger, I may get an opportunity to kill um, the one to deliver the people. Did they, not do, did they not do the same thing to Moses? Anytime a deliverer is born, expect death, expect the opportunity, expect the demonic to try to destroy. Because they know if I can destroy you, I can destroy what's in you. The devil don't care about the shell. He cares about the treasure. He don't care about how you look. And what you what you what you aspire to be, he cares about what God placed inside of you. And if he can destroy you, he can destroy that part of God's plan. But the devil can't destroy the plans of God because God has a backup to every backup to every backup. If you don't choose to do it, he'll find somebody else that will. But the clues of who you are and the clues of your purpose are inside of you and outside of you. Let's keep going. The outside part is simple. Um, um, what is well, we'll get there. Next point. You have a reason for being here, but in order to find that reason, you must be here. You have a reason for being here, but in order to find that reason, you must be here. Or in other words, you must be present. You cannot be a resident of the past or a resident of the future. You got to be at 1056 East Present Avenue. You got to be here. Purpose must be scaled back from being lifelong to being daylong. Now, what does that mean? When you look at purpose, it's such a grandiose word. It's such a big word. It's such a, oh my gosh, it makes you nervous. But 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 in order to, uh, to pace yourself in the process of becoming the person of purpose and actually being able to produce within purpose, you've got to scale all the way back because the clues of who you will become, the clues of what you will accomplish is hidden in every day. If you can find the purpose for today, you'll find the purpose of tomorrow. And if you can find the purpose of tomorrow when tomorrow becomes today, you will be able to find the purpose of your way. 
But when we get so caught up in uh, capital P, big old purpose, it feels burdensome. It feels weighty. It feels like, oh man, I don't know. But when you scale it all the way back and you're here in the moment where God is, God, yes, God is simultaneously in your past, present or future and future, but his greatest place is in you moment. He's a present help. Not no, oh, I'm in your future. I'll be right back. I may come back next week. I'm working things. Your future's already worked out. <clears throat> That's why God, the reason why God is able to be in your life, because he's finished. <laughs> he's not busy doing nothing. God has already finished everything. So he's present. He's looking at you like, so when are we going to talk? When are we going to talk about you and I? When are we going to talk about purpose? You have a reason for being here, but in order to find that reason, you must be here. You are the reason for now. Don't get so caught up on the reason for later or the or the reason for the latter. You got to be able to say, what's the reason for now? Purpose must be scaled back from being lifelong to being day long. Discovering the purpose of today will help you discover the purpose of your life. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, not around it, not hoping to get beyond it, but we got to rejoice at the fact that we have a day. And when you rejoice and you practice that every day is a gift from God, then you will naturally walk in that day with gladness and gladness has a way, gladness coupled with gratitude has a way of giving you great sight, helping you to see the hidden purposeful gems of today and those things within your in your today that's outside of you, you are inwardly will begin to reveal to you your purpose. Every time I come across people, I'm it's revealing to me your purpose. It's revealing to me my purpose. Every time someone asks for advice, my purpose is being revealed. But if I'm so focused on tomorrow or imprisoned by my past, I will miss out on the purposeful markers of today, of my present, that is speaking through the loudspeaker of the moment saying, Josh, this is why you're here. But if you can't be present for the moment, you won't be present for the moments. You got to learn how to maximize every moment so moments won't be horrifying. Let's keep going. Knowing your purpose will help you determine who and what to connect to your life. Hear me. As a single person, when you know your purpose, you'll know, oh, I can't connect to her. I can't even think about marrying her. He, he's not even qualified to be in my presence, to be, let alone to be his boo. You know what I'm saying? You will be able to say, I can't connect with you because our purpose does, our purposes don't align. Your purpose don't align with God and my purpose for my life. That's why it's important for you to say, I'm slowing my life down to find out why I'm alive. If you're, if you're speeding through life and you don't know who you are, you need to pump the brakes and slow down. So many people are speeding through life. You speeding through your youth. You speeding through precious time. You speeding through times and you don't even know who you are. You got to slow your life down and say, yo, 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 before we, and if those are unsure relationships, before we go to the next step, I got to find my purpose. Before I even think about somebody, I got to find my purpose. Before I even think about moving or doing anything significant, I got to slow my life down and say, God, don't cause me to budge until I get a nudge knowing who I am. Knowing your purpose will help you determine who and what to connect to your life. Listen, I don't just connect to everybody. I help everybody. I help as many people as possible. I don't connect my soul to people. I don't connect my energy to everybody. 
You see what I'm saying? It's the older you get in the spiritual life, the wiser you become. The, 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 the more you begin to say, you know what? There's a difference between my love and my heart. So many people, since they don't know their purpose, they're giving everybody their heart. See, your love and your heart are two totally different things. You can't give everybody your heart because not everybody is able to handle the the the, the heat of your heart, the the fragile, the, the, uh, the how fragile your heart is. Not everybody is able to care for it, but everybody gets love. You see what I'm saying? Everybody can get love. Love is time. Love is joy. Love is kindness. Love is a nice, a kind word. Anybody can get love, but not everybody get my heart. But when you confuse the two, you lose who you are. You got to be able to say, no, 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 no. I love myself enough and I know who I am enough to be able to say, you know what? You are attractive. You are an amazing guy. You are a beautiful woman, but our purposes do not align. Those who know themselves are able to tell anything and anyone know, even when they want it. Mature people are people who are able to say no to their wants. If you're not able to say no to what you want and you know it's bad for you, you're not at that level yet, but God can get you there. Let's keep going. Not knowing or striving to know your purpose while single. Hear me. Excuse me. Not knowing or striving to know your purpose while single will delay or decay what's down the way for you. Don't miss this. Excuse me. Knowing your purpose will help you determine. Oh, sorry. Not knowing or striving to know your purpose while single will delay or decay what's down the way for you. There are a lot of great things down the path of your life. And some of those great things are are, are packaged in pruning, right? But what you don't understand is if you don't know your if you don't know the reason why you are here in your singleness, you will either delay marriage, you will delay what God has for you, or what or, or basically God has already positioned. God doesn't delay anything, He destines everything, but at least that <clears throat> that destined marker for what you want in life will be further than what you have hoped for, or you will decay it. So if you marry now and you don't know your purpose, you're gonna cause a decay a cavity in your marriage. If you got children and you don't know your purpose, you're going to cause a cavity in your parenthood. If you don't know who you are, no matter what you are in, you will be the sole reason why that thing decays. Listen, you got to be able to say, okay, I'm going to stop making excuses on what my dad or mom did. What hinders execution are excuses. Excuses eliminates your effectiveness in this world. Every time you make an excuse, you just lost an opportunity to be effective. Executors are are effective individuals. They're efficient. There are people who say, you know what? I'm not going to blame nobody in the past. I'm going to look in the mirror and look myself in the eye and say, Josh, you're the reason. Whatever your name is, you got you're the reason. And if you want a better reason for the next season, if you want a better season, you got to you got to maximize uh, 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 who you are. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Let's get to three areas we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, knowing your purpose helps you to what hinders you from knowing or fulfilling your purpose and how to discover and develop and distrib- distribute your purpose. And a lot of information, a lot of information. And I may do a part two if I go too if if I go too long. But it's a lot of points. Now, knowing your purpose helps you to do these things. And I spelled the word purpose, helping it. Uh, knowing your purpose helps you to pee, pace yourself or pace your life. Knowing your purpose helps you to pace your life, understand your life, relate your life, 
protect your life, outperform your old life, support and surround your life, and empty out your life. Your knowing your purpose helps you to do this. Number one, pace your life. When you <clears throat> know your purpose, you play for the long game. You don't play checkers, you play chess. You don't you don't rush for anything. You pace your life because you're a person of purpose. A person of purpose says, you know what? I have 70 plus years of life. Um, just because you're single at 26 doesn't mean you're out of the game. Just because you're single at 35 doesn't mean you're out of the game. Pace yourself. There's a lot of people that I know that rush to the altar, <clears throat> excuse me, to get married. They rush to get married at 22 and they was divorced at 27. And I got married at 33. You see what I'm saying? 32. So, so it doesn't matter who gets there first. It's about who stays there the longest. Many people care about, <clears throat> excuse me, where I, well, I got there first. Who cares if you got there first? The goal is, can you stay there? Per people of purpose pace themselves, even in the midst of pressure. Yes, I know. Everybody wants you married. Mama wants you married. Daddy wants you married. They, they want their grandbabies. There's a lot of pressure from society, pressure on Instagram, pressure wherever you go. But just because there's pressure doesn't mean you, you uh, <clears throat> just because there's pressure doesn't mean you fall out. Let that pressure make you into a diamond. Allow that pressure. I'm going to withstand this pressure because as I sit in this pressure, withstand this pressure, I become a diamond in the process. Listen, I don't. I, a lot of people laughed at me, called me gay, called me all kind of stuff because I didn't have sex, called me all kind of stuff. Well, where, where, where are you going to get married? God's perfect timing. I understood life, understood the long haul, understood purpose. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to allow the pressures of people that even means well for me to push me into a position that I'm not prepared for. Because don't allow these people to pressure you. Don't allow current pressures to put you in a position that you would not be able to withstand the pressures of. There's pressure being a husband. There's pressure being a wife. There's every position you strive to become or to have a business owner, entrepreneur, has pressure. Do not allow this pressure within your eco chamber of family and community to put you in a position that you're not prepared to withstand the pressures of. You see what I'm saying? So people of purpose pump the brakes. They pace themselves. Oh, you go ahead and pass me. It's cool. You go ahead and go by me. That's cool. I know I'm playing for the long haul. Knowing your purpose helps you to pace your life. Number two, knowing your purpose helps you to understand your life. The more you engage in a person of God, the more your purpose becomes clear. You begin to understand you. I'm so glad I understand me. I know I'm different. I know I'm unique. I know, um, um, but I love me. Oh man, I love me. Not egotistically, but I love me uh, uh, thoroughly. You see what I'm saying? I love me, man. I didn't always love myself. I used to hate myself. I used to not like this forehead I had. I used to uh, used to scrunch my forehead. I used to put hats on the cover. I, I didn't like myself. I didn't like the way I look. I didn't have the hazel eyes. I didn't have the waves. You see what I'm saying? I didn't like myself for a long period of time because I was outside the presence of God. But when God put me out of Oral Roberts University <clears throat> and put me in the living room of my mother's house and put me in a place where all I had was him. Oh, man, I fell in love with him. I grew in love with him and I began to grow in love with myself. And when I began to grow in love with myself and I, and I made some dumb decisions, but as I got older, I began to say, I understand why I'm unique. I understand why I'm different, because when you know your purpose, you know you. 
And you begin to understand your life. Oh, that's why pops wasn't there. Oh, that's why mama had to do what she did. Oh, that's why God had us move to that side of the neighborhood or side of the city. Because if I didn't move in that city, I would have not met Jimmy, who would have got me into meeting Susie, who would have got me into that school, who would have got me in front of this person that promoted me. Everything happens for a reason. And when you understand purpose, God, God, through you engaging in him and knowing your purpose, you will begin to your past will begin to make sense. Your past will begin to make sense. And you once you get into the presence of God and you have that moment in your life where, aha, and your present, your past becomes your past begins to make sense. Your presence becomes value. Your your present moment becomes valuable. Because now every present creates a new past and every new present gives some kind of uh, evidence to your purpose. Knowing your purpose helps you, number one, P, to pace your life. Number two, you, understand your life. Knowing your purpose helps you to R, relate your life. What I mean by that? Relationship. We're not talking about relationship with a, a woman or a man. We're talking about relationship with God. I began to relate my life. I began to see the comparisons, not that I'm equal to God, but I'm made in the image of God. The Bible says uh, he talks about let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Um, There's two totally different things there, image and likeness. Each and every one of us are created in his image, but not all of us have been transformed into his likeness. I want to be more like God. I don't just want to bear the image of God because even unbelievers bear his image. Even people who's on their way to hell bears his image. I want to be a person that is like him. I want to be of his likeness. And that happens through relationship. The more I engage in my purpose, the more I become like him. The more I engage in my purpose to become, the more I begin to speak like him, think like him, talk like him, live like him. I become one with him. That's the goal in life. The more you get to know your purpose or knowing your purpose helps you to relate your life to the lover of your soul. You begin to relate your life to God. You begin to say, man, over time, I have became more and more and more like him. Every day I'm striving to be more like him in character. Uh, when did you realize what your purpose was? I realized it when I was, uh, man, was I nine, or 21 years, 19 years old on the campus of Oral Roberts University, looking at my dorm room uh, window. And God says, if you don't do your purpose, what's going to happen to them? And I fell to the floor in tears. I felt the weight of y'all. I felt the weight of the people I was supposed to reach. And I, 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 I to this day, I haven't cried like I cried back then. God showed me. And, but he had a lot of he had a lot of pruning to do. So what happens is you'll find your purpose, you'll discover your purpose. But as soon as you begin to get a clue, expect pruning. Let's keep going. Knowing your purpose helps you to relate your life, relate your life back to God. Like, okay, God, now I'm becoming more like you. I'm not just your image bearer, I'm bearing your likeness. Knowing your purpose helps you to pee, protect your life. When you know your purpose, you protect it. Listen, I don't post everything, I don't do everything, I don't go everywhere. I'm a person of purpose. I am dangerous to the kingdom of kingdom of darkness. So why am I going to be in the dark when I ain't supposed to be in the dark? I don't want to go anywhere that God ain't leading me. I want him to lead and guide me into all truth because I know the truth will set me free into new areas of my purpose. You see what I'm saying? So when you know your purpose, you begin to protect your life. You won't just go anywhere. You just won't do anything. That's why as a single person, you got to know your purpose, yo, because a lot of girls are getting snatched up out here. A lot of girls are getting impregnated by no good men. A lot of men, a lot of good men are getting ran through the ringer by no good women. 
You see what I'm saying? There's people who lost their lives. People who are in jail right now, in prison. You see what I'm saying? Because they didn't know their purpose. When you know your purpose, you are precautious. You, 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 you peculiar. And you know, peculiar, you perceive differently. You, you protect yourself. Nah, I just don't go there. And that's why it's important you as a single person to build a discernment. And you build a discernment through devotion. And you'll be able to say, you know what? Uh, for me, if you don't got my same level of discernment, I ain't riding with you. That's why I drive everywhere. I don't even trust riding with people. I don't, if, you, if you if you don't if you're not operating a certain level of discernment, we're not talking about elite level. We're just talking about basic discernment level, basic common sense, basic self awareness. I can't trust me myself around you. You see what I'm saying? Hey, I meet y'all there. You don't want to ride with us, coach? You don't? Nah, I'm good. Please don't get offended if I don't want to ride with you. Please don't. And I'm not judging and saying that you're not on my discernment level, but if I feel anything ain't matching what I needed to match, then I ain't going to catch a ride with you because I have a purpose. I'm not going to give the devil no inch. I'm not going to give the devil no open door. I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to put my life in the hands of somebody that ain't it, whose who's life ain't in the hands of God, who's not connected. Knowing your purpose helps you to protect your life. Next point. Oh, excuse <clears throat> me. There we go. Give me one second. I'm going to give me a, uh, for the young lady who gave, who said, yo, coach, you need some lossages, whatever these things call. Good luck. Let's get going. What hinders you from knowing your, oh, sorry. Knowing your purpose helps you to, oh, outperform your old life. That's so important. Oh, I can't, I can't do this. Sorry. I can't go. I don't want to choke in front of y'all. Sorry about that. <clears throat> that should be enough. Knowing your purpose helps you to oh outperform your li old life. When you know your purpose, you are in competitive. You are in competition with one person. That's you. I don't care about these other preachers out here. I can. I can care less. They can kick rocks if you ask me. Some of these preachers are no good anyway. But I don't compare myself to them. I don't listen to these people because I don't even want to sound like them. I want fresh revelation. I want fresh rhema. I want a fresh word from God that this vessel, uh, through his, through my wittiness, through my cleverness, through my, through my experiences, is able to exegete before the people in a unique way that's supposed to reach some. You know, so what I do is I try to outperform my old self. I ain't trying to outperform somebody new. I'm trying to outperform my old self every day. I'm like, because I'm a person of purpose, I must get better. Since I'm a person of purpose, I want to become even more efficient. I want to become even more uh, um, effective. How do you protect your purpose? Thank you for saying that. You protect it by, by number one, um, making sure that you're not practicing certain sins. Number one, let's look at it internally. To protect yourself, you got to say, okay, am I practicing anything right now that could lead me into consequence that I do not want to have? What am I practicing right now that's that's gonna that's gonna hurt me down the road? Because the reason why many of us are left unprotected is because we're practicing things internally. The children of Israel uh, suffered loss because Achan took some of the spoils and hid something amongst the camp. When the, the devil wants to package or put within the camp of your soul hidden sins, sins practices, uh, and some sins are not even uh, uh, not necessarily. Uh, uh, high class sins, even though all sins are equal, but we're talking about not high class sins like fornication or whatever. We're talking about poor character, poor decision making, procrastination. You see what I'm saying? 
So you got to look at your life. Am I practicing anything right now that's leaving me unprotected? Number two, am I around people who are practicing things that's not going to protect me? You see what I'm saying? Number three, to protect your life, you you engage the person of God because the more you engage God, your discernment becomes more sound. Your discernment becomes more loud. And you're able to see amongst through the clouds. You're able to see amongst all the clutter. You are able to see amongst the fog, fog, and you're able to sense it. But when you go so fast, you leave yourself unprotected. Those are quick things real quickly. And we'll talk more about these points down the road in the course. But I hope those three or so points um, helped you. I think my nephew's in the building. I don't know if it's my nephew or my sister-in-law. What's going on, family? Knowing your purpose helps you to outperform your old life, man. I got to outperform my old life. I can't just, I just can't, I just can't continue to be my old self. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. You see what I'm saying? Old things have passed away because all things have become new. Junior, what's going on? That's my nephew watching right now. Uh, he wants me to say it. Subscribe to his channel. Okay, there we go. Uh, <clears throat> knowing your purpose helps you to outperform your old life. Quickly, Number uh, next point, S. Knowing your purpose helps you to support and surround your life with good things. Support and surround your life. And good job in your game, nephew. Good job. I had to leave early because I had to come do the uh, course. But good job. Proud of you, man. You got to support and surround your life. You got to be able to say, you know what? Because I know my purpose and because I'm engaged in my purpose, I'm going to support it with the right support systems, and I'm going to surround it with accountability. <clears throat> you will not excel in life. You will not excel in life without accountability and taking responsibility. If you want to excel in life, all you have to do as a core fundamental principle, not all, but one of the major things that you must do as a core foundational truth in your life is to make sure you are held accountable and that you're a man and woman enough to handle your responsibilities. If you are in, no, in that realm, <clears throat> you will begin to produce the character for the calling. You got to support yourself. Support systems are disciplines, regiments. You see what I'm saying? Support systems are habits. If you got to look at yourself right now, look at all of your habits right now. And I guarantee you, either you're being supported for destiny or you're being uh, stripped down to destruction. You are what's supporting you. You are what is sourcing you. And when you're sourced by God and you allow the Holy Spirit to surround you with support system, you'll thrive in life. Knowing your purpose helps you to last but not least. Oh, also surround your life. Look at your friends and you will know your future. I always have this saying, show me your family, I'll show you a foundation. Show me your friends, show me your future. Second part, somebody else quoted, it, but I added to it the foundational piece. Um, show me your family, I can see your foundation. Uh, show me your friends, I can show you your future. And those are two things you got to understand. Listen, you got to be able to, to uh, patch up those bruised areas within your foundational uh, parts of your family because it's hard to flourish because many of us didn't come from good, solid family found, uh, structures. But you got you to get over it and find yourself rooted in God. But you got to also make sure you surround, it, surround yourself with the right kind of friends, the right kind of people, mentors, individuals that can help you excel. Like, let's keep going because I'm going 42 minutes already. Knowing your purpose helps you to e-empty out your life. When you know your purpose, you die empty. I want to leave everything here. So I'm purposeful about everything. Every move I make, every step I take, every thought I think, every word I say, everything I do. You see what I'm saying? 
I'm purposeful because I'm not going to allow anyone. I'm not going to allow myself. I'm not going to allow procrastination to keep me from producing. That's why in my singleness, I wrote six books, y'all. You see what I'm saying? I did almost 1,400 videos, y'all. I don't. I didn't play with my single. That's why I'm qualified to help teach y'all. I didn't play with it. And right now, I'm getting residuals from what I did in my singleness. <clears throat> and my goal now in every stage of my life is to produce, is to produce for residual income and for residual impact, for generational faith and generational financial pass down to my children's children. That should be your focus. Your focus is how could I help generational faith to be passed down through my family and through my community? How can I create the new ideas that bring such a financial structure where I'm able to support and help others? That has to be your mindset. Knowing your purpose helps you to pace your life, understand your life, relate your life to God, protect your life, outperform your old life, support and surround your life and empty out your life. Let's get to our next point. What hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? Before I do, let's look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we, for we are his workmanship. Workmanship means he's the one that created you. He's his God's hands are dirty, not dirty as in he's doing being in dirt, but he don't mind getting dirty. He don't mind getting involved is what I'm saying. He don't mind engaging. He don't mind getting in there with you. He did it. He sent himself as his son. He came in as Jesus, man. He said, man, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to know what it's like to be cold. I'm going I'm going to know what it's like to sleep on a hard floor. I'm going to want to know what it's like to, to be poor. I want to know what it's like to be cold. I want to know what it's like, like to be hot, humid. I want to know what it's like to be a human so that you won't act like you don't have a high priest that don't understand. He said, let me come down and live the life that you're living outside of sin so that you can have no excuse because I'm going to send my spirit in you to help you. And then you will be able to look up to heaven and say, God, I am no good enough myself. I need a savior. And when that savior seals you with his spirit inside of you, you will become refurbished, refreshed and renewed and released to in, into your purpose. And then you will be able to say, you know what? I begin. I you, you will begin to see God's handiwork every now and then as I reflect on my life. I see God's handiwork. I see, man, I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus because of Christ Jesus. I can work. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I, because of Christ. Now, because I was created to be his workmanship in Christ Jesus, that means in his salvation, in his death, in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Because of his life, because of him, because of his sacrifice, I can now become a living sacrifice and begin to see God's very, very tangible, handy work in my life. And he created me for good works. If you're doing bad works, then you're not you're not in the hands of God, man. You got to release your life out of your hands and put your life in his hands. And then you will begin to see that your works become pure. See, you can do good with a pure heart. God don't care about good works. He cares about the good heart that worked it. You see what I'm saying? God doesn't God doesn't change your behavior. He changes your belief system in order to change your belief. The three B's and we're not talking about. Uh, um, 
the, the LeVar Ball's big baller brand. But here's three Bs. A young man told me this back in ministry a long time ago. A young man. He said uh, his father told him about the three Bs. Belong, believe, and behavior. If you want to change the behavior of someone, make, make them feel like they belong. If you can make them feel like they belong, you have the opportunity to change their beliefs. And if you can change their beliefs, you can change their behavior. <clears throat> the issue with a lot of people in the church, we are caught up in behavior modification techniques without first making people feel like they belong. When you get out of your superficial, pharisaical uh, platforms and begin to see people with the empathetic eyes of Christ, you will begin to make people feel like they're welcome. That's why every time I walk through the cafeteria, walk through kids, I got to stop and hug every single one of them. I got to stop and give them a pound. I got to stop because suffer the children. Let them come. Let them, let them, because if they know that this guy made me feel special at night, when they're 19, they see my video, they can meet Christ. What we have to do is, <clears throat> well, let's not even talk about that. This is what God did. God said, you know what? I'm going to make you feel like you belong. You my son. I'm going to call you my son. I'm not going to call you my uh, servant. I'm going to call you my friend. I'm going to make you feel like you belong. Because if I make you feel like you're loved and that you belong, don't get it wrong. I'm not going to let you live like you want to live. But those who really love me and I and know that I love them, they will feel like they belong to me. And when they feel like they belong to me, I will change the way they believe and their behaviors will naturally change. Because if you change the mind, you can change what people do in their life. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. <clears throat> there are assignments and a purpose that God prepared beforehand, before you was even thought of. He created beforehand for you. It is our job through the relinquishing of our will to the Holy Spirit, given the will of our life to the Holy Spirit, we will begin to find ourselves driving into, led into the, the things that was prepared beforehand. I want to enter everything that was created beforehand for me. I do not want to get to heaven and God was like, man, I had a lot of great things for you, bro. <clears throat> I don't want to get to heaven and God's like, man, we could have did more. We could have done this. We could have done that. But you didn't release your life to me. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in and not run. God doesn't want you to run after anything. Walk. That was prepared beforehand for you to walk into them. See, see, the thing is, when you're walking with God, um, so the thing about life is um, most of the stuff that you learn from life is during the journey. Many people think they're going to learn a lot when they get to the destination. No, it's the journey that teaches you how to manage the destination. It's what you learn during the journey that will give you the tools and the, and, and the, and the mindset to be able to manage what's next. <clears throat> but a lot of people, they run to marriage. They run to careers. They run, 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 run versus walking with God. When you walk with God, you slow down. When you walk with God, uh, Paul says he run the race. That's a metaphor. He ran his race. He gave metaphors. What I'm talking about particularly is that walking with God gives an opportunity where, let's be honest, it's hard to have a conversation while running. When you're running with someone, how can you talk? When you're walking with a person, you are just in love with the journey and in love with the process. And then in that, when you get to the destination, you're prepared that we should walk in them. It gives them, it gives an imagery of we got here. Great. But I got here with you, God. I didn't get here before you. I didn't get here behind you. I got here with you. Let's keep going. 
Let's break down what hinders you from knowing and fulfilling your purpose. And I may be going long today. Maybe I'll go into the hour and 15 marker with this. <clears throat> but when I, when I, if I get to the hour and 15 marker and I'm not finished, I'll stop there and give at least 30 minutes for a Q&A. What hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? And I spelled the word hinders. Like I said, these are just overviews. These are not overviews. These are just um, uh, preview messages. They're supposed to be dense um, to sit with you for a while as we go into the nuances of this course. Now, let's talk about what hinders you from knowing your purpose. Here are uh, how many words in a hinder? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are seven things, <clears throat> probably more, that hinders people from pursuing their purpose. <clears throat> Let's talk about it. What hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? Let's go through these, not quickly, but kind of quickly, but quickly within thorough, being thorough. Number one, H. What hinders you from fulfilling or knowing your purpose is hoping in the wrong things. Number one, hoping in the wrong things. God must be where your hope is because whatever has your hope has your dope. You know what I'm saying? I know that sounds bad, but dope is a drug. Whoever has your hope, it's the one that keeps you. Now, that's a bad analogy. I'm sorry. It just it sounded good. <laughs> OK, uh, whoever has your hope. um, You know what I'm trying to say. But if you hope in the wrong things, you are disappointment is inevitable. When you hope when your hope is in any other person or any other thing other than God, you will inevitably face disappointments. As is the nature of life. When your hope is in God, who is immovable, never changing, good, who is good. You will never be disappointed. The only time God will disappoint you is when your expectations of God is manlike. When your expe expectation of God's are of God is false. That's the only time God's gonna disappoint you. But it's not God disappointing you, it's you disappointing yourself. So, how <clears throat> what hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? Hoping in the wrong things. When you hope in God, you will never be moved. Number two, H having no real relationship with God. What hinders you from fulfilling and knowing your purpose is that you don't really have a relationship with God, a real one. Oh, it sounds cute. And it's cuddly at times to hear it. It's, it. It sounds good. People boast of a relationship with God they don't have. God's looking at you like, man, we ain't talked in weeks. Man, you, you don't talk to me. You know, no, God is like, man, we, <clears throat> we don't have a, a thriving relationship. And you got to ask yourself, do I have a real relationship? Because the more real your relationship with God becomes, the more you become. The more it becomes, you become who you need to be. What hinders you from knowing such fulfilling your purpose? Having no real relationship with God. Is your relationship with God real? Is it, is it, is it thriving? Is it valuable to you? Is, does it mean more to you than any other relationship? It's crazy how people want uh, to be, be married or want to have these friends or want to be in these circles, but don't want to be in the circle of a triune being. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to be amongst him. I'm telling you, man, things got real for me in a good way. The more I made my relationship with God real. What hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? Hoping in the wrong things, having no real relationship with God, and last but not least, for the H's, being horrified. You can't let fear paralyze you, man. You can't be like a deer in headlights, man. You can't be afraid. You can't be caught up in fear, man. What, what keeps people from feeling their purpose? They're afraid. You're supposed to be afraid. You, fear is a natural uh, 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 result. When it comes to your purpose, your purpose is too big for you. I'm afraid every time. I'm not afraid. I get nervous most of the time I even do these things 
Because I'm like, God, first off, I worked all day. After I worked, I stayed at school because <clears throat> my nephew's game is 10 minutes down the road. And I went to his game. I, the reason why I didn't go through my T's and my stuff in my throat is what it is because I, I got home at 7.15. And I, I ain't had no opportunity to eat a sandwich. I couldn't even get a sandwich in my stomach because I had 10 minutes to get ready for the broadcast. And I did a video yesterday, did a video before that. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so yes, there's comes moments when you like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I said in the car today, I said, God, look, man, I need you. Oh, I need thee. Every minute, every hour, <clears throat> I need thee. I need you now. There, it's a miracle for me to be doing this right now. I'm telling you flat out. It's a miracle me doing this because you're going to be nervous. You're going to be horrified. You're going to be afraid because God will never give you no man-sized purpose. He'll give you a God-sized purpose so that you'll look at God and be like, I need you. I can't do this without you. You can't do marriage without God. You can't parent without God. You can't be an entrepreneur, a leader, a husband, or a wife without God. You can't. So you need God in every area. And the moment you think you could do anything, you will lose everything. The moment you can think you can do anything, that's when you begin to slowly lose your family, slowly lose your uh, convictions, slowly lose who you are, your identity. You begin to lose yourself. That's why I don't believe I can do anything without him because he's my help. He's my source. Yes, you're going to be nervous. Yes, you're going to be afraid sometimes, but greater is he is in you. The Bible says he did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. These three ingredients is the is the, is the ingredients to purpose and to pursuing it, power, love, and a sound mind. Now, what does that mean? Fear eliminates you from having power, makes you feel like you're unloved, and has you unstable mentally. That's what fear does. Fear makes you feel unloved. Fear makes you feel or makes you try to pursue love. Fear makes you try to become empowered or try to not execute your power. And it makes you feel like mentally unstable. That's what fear does. But God didn't give you that. He gave you power. He gave you his Holy Spirit. He gave you love. He gave you his son. He gave you a sound mind, the spirit that renews it. He gave you everything you need to pursue your purpose, the power of God. That's why I don't come in my own efforts. I don't come in my own strength. There's no way I'm supposed to be doing this right now. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. And I know that I'm loved by God, so I know that God's going to keep me. He's going to empower me to do whatever I need to do. So my mind, anytime a thought comes in my mind that's contradictory to the power of love and everything like that, I cast it down because greater is he does in me and I know I'm well able. That's the type of mindset you got to have. You can't be horrified. When you're horrified, you want to pursue your purpose. Ah, what hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? And I can't wait to get to this sandwich. I'm telling you. I think my mom, my mother-in-law got me some, uh, um, got me some, what she got me? She got me some stir fry, some shrimp stir fry. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm smashing it. I'm smashing it. Thank you for Dr. King. I got Monday off. You see what I'm saying? I got a three-day weekend. I'm, I'm going to eat tonight. What hinders you from knowing such fulfilling your purpose? I involving yourself with people or things that don't evolve you. Either you're in pollution or you're in evolution. Mm. I might stop there, but I'm not. Right now, you're either in pollution or you're in evolution.
Do not involve yourself with people that will not elevate you, that will not involve you. That's what hinders purpose. You're surrounded by friends. You're surrounded by people. You're allowing the toxicity of your mom's past, past, past down to great grandma, toxify your brain, keeping you from growing. No, man, you can't involve. I don't listen. Let God be true and every man a lie. If you don't like me, I don't care if you my blood. I don't give a what about it because I know I don't care about the blood that's in my vein. I care about the blood that's shed for me to live. So blood can kick rocks and water can kick rocks, whether you blood or water to me. But in this life, I'm only going to involve myself with purposeful people, people who are purpose for my life. Oh, I can't I can't have fries. I can't have fries today. <laughs> I wish I could I'm have fries tomorrow. I'm cheating tomorrow. Not on my wife, but I'm cheating on this clean eating. But let's refocus. Many people are involving themselves with people that is dissolving them, not evolving them. You're slowly dissolving. You're slowly becoming diluted. You're slowly becoming ineffective. You, you're, you're convic- I know people right now that was on fire for God about two years ago. Now they're looking crazy. They're looking crazy right now. Their convictions are corroded. They're, all, they're involving themselves with, with, with the carnalities of this world. And now their, their testimony is waning. Now their convictions are all over the place and they think it's acceptable and okay to do the half the stuff they're doing. I know a lot of people like that. And that's what happens when you involve yourself with pollution and not evolution. You need to involve yourself with true heaven sent evolutionaries, people who are going to ev- evolve you and grow you. That's what hinders purpose. Either you are or either you are in pollution or in evolution. Evolutionaries are people who think elevation. They think growth. Pollutionaries are people who just pollute your mind, pollute your thoughts to keep you at their level because your growth intimidates them. Also, what hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose is idleness and idolatry. Purposed people do not have idle time. Even their idle time has a purpose. You got to give every moment of your life a purpose, meaning when you watching TV, it better be purposeful. When you're on YouTube, it better be purposeful. When you relax, your relaxation is purposeful. That you're not relaxing just to be relaxing. You earn your rest. Half of y'all. No, let me. I don't know out of the body. I don't know who said that. It wasn't coach. Don't get mad at me. Not half of y'all, but a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people don't deserve their sleep. A lot of people have yet to earn their rest. What you need to rest for? You ain't did nothing. Why are you taking a nap? You ain't did nothing. Why are you going to sleep? You ain't did nothing. Every day you should be so purposeful that your relaxation is earned. Excuse me. That's you because you put the work in. I don't know if the Holy Ghost told y'all about y'all, but it wasn't me. I'm sorry. Idleness, man. You can't just be sitting there doing nothing. You Because idle hands, oh, an idle life is the fruit of an idle mind, and an idle mind produces idle hands. Idle hands serves their idols. See what I'm saying? You don't have time. The more idle you are, the more worship your idols get. You see what I'm saying? But when you are intentional, the more intentional your, your energy goes, the more intentional your life becomes. You cannot be idle. You can't just be sitting there doing nothing. You got to you gotta look inside yourself tonight and say, you know what? I can't just be sitting here because you keep sitting, you're going you're gonna to end up doing pornography. You keep sitting, you're going to be at that man's house. You keep sitting, you're going to be playing with yourself. You keep sitting, you're going to find yourself <clears throat> going places you shouldn't be going. You can't be sitting there doing nothing. You got to be productive. What hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? And you have no reasons to say no. You got to have a reason to say no. No is the number one word, the main word for self-care. 
A lot of people have no reason to say no. They people please. They just want to do. They, they they just want. They just want to. They yes is their favorite word. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna act like God told me yes and shut everybody up and tell everybody that God told me to do this. God told me to be in a relationship. God told me to do this so I can make everybody hush their mouth. So I can make. So I can trick myself into believing that this is the will of God and saying yes to something that God never had gave a voice to. You have to have a reason to say no. Purpose gives you a reason to say, no, no, I can't do that. No, I can't smoke. No, I can't drink. No, I can't sleep with you. No, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. I'm sorry because I'm on purpose. People who do not have purpose say yes to everything. People who have a purpose say no to a lot of things. D, what hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? You're, you're drifting due to no disciplines. What hinders destiny is a lack of discipline. You cannot endure life with just desires. You got to couple that desires with, with, with specific disciplines. So many people are drifting due to no disciplines. People of destiny discipline their lives. They don't mind pain. I rather suffer the pains of discipline now than to suffer the pains of procrastination later. So many people are setting themselves up to be in immense pain because their life is not disciplined now. People of purpose don't mind going to the gym. They don't mind eating right. They don't mind doing certain things. They don't mind cutting people off. They don't mind going an extra mile because their discipline and their purpose drives them. What also hinders you from knowing such fulfilling your purpose? Depression from disappointments. Does disappointments birth from false dependencies? This is what happens. This is the order of it. This is the order of depression. <clears throat> The order of death. The order of death starts with false dependencies. The devil wants you to be falsely dependent, uh, wants you to be dependent on things that are false, unstable, unable to hold you. False dependencies leads to uh, uh, immense desires. Immense desires uh, leads to disappointment. Disappointment leads to depression. Depression leads to death. That's what he wants. He wants you to put your dependency in anything else other than God, and then you'll have heightened desires. Oh, yes. This thing will keep me. I'm going to go extra hard in this. And then when you go extra hard in something that's unstable, unable to hold you, then all of a sudden disappointment comes. And based upon your understanding of who you are as a son or daughter of God, your, your positioning him as a son or daughter will then determine how you respond from that disappointment. And if you don't know how to respond to disappointment, depression is inevitable. And if you don't, if you don't even know how to, if you don't know how to respond to disappointment, you definitely don't know how to respond to depression and depression Open the door to death and decay in your life. We'll talk more about depression later on in this course. So let's keep going. What hinders you from knowing such fulfilling your purpose? E, envy and comparisons. If you don't want to pursue your purpose, look at everybody else doing this. One of the top things that keeps people from producing their purpose is too consumed with everybody else's life. Who cares what they're doing? You are not running a race between you and them. You run the race between you and you. And who's winning? Who's winning your race right now? Is it your carnal self or is it your renewed self? Who's winning? Is it your flesh in the lead or is your spirit man in the lead? Which one's winning the race? But you can't get so caught up on envy and comparing your life because most of the people that we compare ourselves to, God ain't did that for. You comparing your real life to somebody else's fake life. So many people do it. They're like, oh, I wish my life was like her. But you, are you a flaw on every wall she's in? Do you not see what she has to do to do what she do? Do you not see what he has to do to do what he to have what he has? Come on, man. You can't. If you want to be a person of purpose and fulfill it, you cannot envy anybody. You cannot make comparisons. Another thing that hinders people from knowing slash fulfilling their purpose is premature emotional attachments. Listen to me, young singles. 
Man, it's deadly out here. It's deadly. You cannot just start these relationships so early. You destroy yourself. You damage yourself. Two damaged people creates more damage. And so what happens is you get premature emotional attachments, which leads to soul ties, which leads to strongholds, which keeps you from pursuing your purpose. So many people right now, man, oh man, oh man, they're still struggling for their premature emotional attachments. Emotional attachments and addictions and all that kind of stuff, man, that's what keeps you from feeling your purpose. And for those right now, you can be healed from those emotional attachments. You got to detach yourself from those from those thoughts that's producing emotional attachments and renew your mind to help the Holy Ghost into thinking the way you ought to think. That's right. Premature emotional attachments are deadly. And the lack of emotional self-control. Man, do you know how many people who in the moment of rage, in the moment of anger, destroyed their purpose? Now they went from a ministry they went from a purposeful ministry to a prison ministry. Now their ministry is now confined within prison. It's now confined. Now you went from, and no offense to anybody, now you went from actually an opportunity to have your purpose. Now you have to, now you have to, uh, I don't even want to say it. <clears throat> Based on what I'm saying, man, you got to have self-control. And the only way you have self-control is through the spirit of God. Man, you just can't, you can't give your moment to everybody, man. Like we got to learn how to handle disrespect and offense, man. Just because you offended doesn't mean you, you, you stay offended. You, a person of purpose says, you know what? I'm going to let you win this battle because I'm about to win the war. People of purpose don't mind losing battles. I don't care if people crack jokes on me, people laugh at me. You have it. You won, sir. You won, ma'am. It's on you. You won. You won this battle. But I'd rather lose this battle to win the war than to try to win every battle and never get the victory at the end. You got to have self-control. R, what hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose? Relying too much on who you and relying too much on you and your accomplishments. What hinders you from fulfilling your eternal purpose? The purpose from God. Now, you can fulfill any purpose you want to fulfill. You can be great. It's crazy how many people are great at something God never wanted them to be great at are successful at, at things that God ever wanted me to be successful at, it is pointless to pursue a purpose that God never purposed for you to do. There's going to be a bunch of people who were immensely successful down here, but bankrupt in heaven, let alone end up empty and set up, set us, uh, 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 set away from God eternally, man. I don't want to do, I don't want to do one thing. God don't want me to do. I don't want to write a book. He don't want me to write. I don't want to create something he don't want me to create. I only want to do what he wants me to do. You can't rely. You're not that dope, man. Young lady, you're not that amazing. You're not that dope. You got to stay little in your own eyes to be successful. People of purpose are little in their own eyes and God is big in their eyes. I can't see myself because of sun in my eyes. That's who. That wasn't me. That was the Holy Ghost. All this was. I, you got to you, you gotta be at a place where I can't see myself because the sun is in my eyes. Let's keep going because that'll preach. And I don't got time to preach it. What hinders you from knowing such a feeling of purpose? Relying too much on you and your accomplishments. Who cares about what you accomplished? What did he accomplish for you to even make those accomplishments? When humility is, is, is one of the ingredients for true success. R, another R, what hinders you from knowing such a feeling of purpose? Restlessness, or in other words, impatience. Restlessness leads you into rushing in. 
you cannot be restless in your singleness because all the married people let you know, baby girl, young man, it's a lot that comes with this. Stay single as long as you need to work on yourself because man, if you don't work on yourself right now, yeah, it's going to be hard to work on a family, work on being yourself, working on the family, working on everything else, man. You better work on you. That's what I'm telling you. I'm advising you right now that marriage takes work. And if you don't know how to work, if, you, if you're not a hard worker in your singleness, you're not going to be a hard worker in your marriage. So you have to be patient. You can't be restless. You got to be at rest knowing that God is good, that God's timing is perfect. And he's very good at matchmaking. Very good. S, what hinders you from knowing slash fulfilling your purpose is seeing things unlike unlike how God sees them. What hinders you from knowing such fulfilling your purpose is not seeing things how God wants to see them. There's a way God wants you to see everything. There's a way that God wants you to see women. There's a way that God wants you to see men. There's a way God. There's a way that God wants you to see purpose. There's a way that God wants you to see money. There's a way that God wants you to see sex. There's a way that God wants you to see um, um, time. There's a way that God wants you to see everything because He's the one that created everything. That's good. You see what I'm saying? And God wants you to see it the way He sees because if you can see it the way He sees it, you'll steward the way He wants you to steward it. How do you see your singleness? How do you see manhood? How do you see womanhood? If you can't see manhood and womanhood correctly, you're not going to be able to see husbandhood and wifehood correctly. If you're not able to see husbandhood and wifehood correctly, you'll put your children before your mate. See what I'm saying? If you don't, if you can't see the things that God sees, if you can't see sex the way it's supposed to be seen, if you can't see uh, a life like it's supposed to be seen, you're going to do it improperly. And you're going to find yourself entrapped with all kind of torment. And last but not least, Probably the number one thing that's evident in all these things is sin. Sin puts to end purpose. Sin is a cancer that wants to destroy. You can't be a person of purpose practicing sin. Self-explanatory. Let's keep going. How to discover and develop and distribute your purpose. I've been going an hour and 11 minutes. Y'all want some more? Let me know in the, in the chat what y'all what y'all thinking. What y'all thinking. Let me see what y'all going to say. If y'all can give me about 10 more minutes, then I'll get to some Q&A. Maybe give you about 15 to 20 minutes of Q&A. Let's keep going. How to discover, develop, and distribute your purpose. Now, in the far bottom of the... uh, Oh, y'all coming in. Bless us more, please. Yes, please. Yes, more. Gotcha. At the bottom of this course is going to be a lot of these points. So... Just because I'm breezing through these now doesn't mean we're not going to keep going as this is good. I'm so glad. Do what the spirit. That's true. That's that's the bottom line. If the spirit of God says, Josh, shut it down, I shut it down. But he hasn't. I feel the river in me still going. I feel my strength renewed. How to discover, develop, and distribute your purpose. Let's break this down. Like I said, the latter part of this course will have all these points in there as well. And if you're watching this now, do me a favor. Like this video. Share it with somebody. Let's get this video some more traction so we can help more people. How to discover, develop, and distribute your purpose. Discover is how we do it. Number one, get to know the person who knows your purpose and personality inside and out. That's the first. That's the first. In order to discover your purpose, you got to know the person of purpose. You see what I'm saying? And what happens is when you know that, you will be able to say, you know what? If he knows my purpose and knows me inside and out, then he can get the right things in and the bad things out. In order to discover your purpose, you got to get to know the person who knows your purpose and personality is out. Get to know him because he'll put the right things in and take the right things out. He put the right things in and take the bad things out. 
Number two, and how to discover your purpose, allow this person to shape your perspectives and ponderings. That's important. You got to allow this person to shape how you think and what you choose to think on. The more you get to know God, God is going to start shaping your beliefs, shaping the way you perceive the world, shaping your worldview, shaping your perspectives. And you know, I know, I know this, I'm going long. So for those who got to tap out now, this video at the one fourteen minute marker, the hour and 14 minute marker, you can jump back in. This video will be available on YouTube. Yeah, get, feel free. Feel free to, if you got to go, please, I totally understand. I, I give all this because I know it'll be um, 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 resourced on YouTube for you to go back to. So I know a lot of y'all are watching the other countries. So feel free. I know you got to do what you got to do. You got to take care of you. Uh, allow this person to shape your perspectives and ponder, meaning shape the way you think and to shape what you choose to think on. That's important. When you allow the person knows you inside and out, you will begin to think differently and you'll begin to perceive differently. And you will have the right perspectives. Number three for discover, how to discover your purpose. You got to allow this process to reveal to you your peculiarity, your peculiarity, because of peculiarity. The more God begins to shape your perspective, begin to shape the way you think, you'll begin to change the way you think about you and you will own how peculiar you are, how different you are, how unique you are. And you will allow this process to reveal to you, wow, I am one of a kind. Do you not know that you are one of a kind? And the more you get to know the kind God who is kind to us all, he will begin to show you who you are specifically. I know I'm different. Anybody who ever came. There may be some similarities in other great people because I ain't average. I ain't good. Coach is great at what he does. I'm great in who I am because of the great I am. So I know I'm one of a kind. That's why I preach one of a kind. You ain't a preacher on this earth. Whoever live and live right now that's going to talk and teach like me because I'm one of a kind. Ain't gonna, I had the only ask, well, will God use me in sowing? You, can, you will be a great sower in your own unique greatness. It, there's a bunch of people that makes burgers, but they ain't stop Burger King. They ain't stay, they ain't stop the new burger restaurant that's right beside wherever other burger joint. They say, you know what? You got four herbs and spices on your burger. We got five. The other one says, y'all got five. Y'all got too much. We got two. Be unique, even if it's in the same field of other people. What are examples of purpose? Examples of purpose is simply who you are. Examples of purpose is any example. A cook, an artist, a singer, any kind of example. Who you are intention, inwardly is who you are and as far as your purpose. When you allow this process to reveal you, to you your peculiarity, next point, how to discover your purpose? You find your natural pool package within a, within a problem in this world. You discover your purpose by finding your natural pool packaged within a problem in this world. That's what I meant to say. How to discover your purpose? What's that natural pool that's packaging a problem? What problem is pulling you? That's your purpose. That, that, lets, that gives you some kind of clue of what your purpose to help. There's something out there that has a natural pull on you. That was something that was created outside of you. And it was something that was created inside of you. That was supposed to be like magnets connect. That's simple. But as you walk with the Holy Spirit, you will begin to fill the pool. Or you, you thought I was B2K for a minute. You see what I'm saying? You thought I was the little Marion. Icebox where his heart used to be. But coach ain't cold. What I'm trying to say here is, is that there is a natural pull out there that's supposed to pull you into your purpose. But when you got a bunch of junk on top of those magnets, you ain't going to be able to be pulled to it. 
So you got to find your natural pool that's packed within the problem in the world. God has inside of your purpose was meant to solve problems. That's why God doesn't mind problems in the world, because he has problem solvers. When the gift answers the cause, what I'm trying to say, define the people you are to reach. It's based on what I'm saying. What problem, what people group are you supposed to reach? And that's the gift. Your gift is supposed to answer that call. Your gift is your talents, your, your abilities. That's your gift. That's your, you, See, I'm gifted at words. I'm gifted at advice. I'm gifted at listening. That's my gift. Now, my calling is supposed to, God is calling me from a place of problem calling my gift to come be a gift giver to that problem in his words. Keep going for time's sake. I got uh, 12 minutes to finish this. Another point on how to discover your purpose, clarify the parts, talents, skills, and abilities you already have inside of you to fix the problems outside of you. That's how you discover your purpose. Clarify the parts. The parts in my purpose is words, and words can do a bunch of things. So words can make books, words can make videos, Words can make quotes. Words can do a lot of things. You see what I'm saying? So I found my weapon. My weapon of choice are words. That's what I'm. I'm a. I'm a wordsmith. I'm skilled at words. That's that's my main gift. Words. Everything else spawns from that core foundational gift. So when you find that core foundational talent or gift, everything else spawns from it. That's why I had you guys and gals take the personality test, 16personalities.com. Because when you begin to look at the, the results, you'll begin to see different fields that you're supposed to feel. Fields like positions. You'll be able to say, oh, people of my personality traits are more prone to be in these type of fields. And when I did my personality test, you know what it said? It called me a spiritual guru. It said that I was supposed to, uh, I, I could be a counselor or preacher or some type of spiritual guru. And best believe that's what I'm doing. Through the help of the Holy Ghost. Now, how to develop your purpose? Real quickly, I'm gonna go through these real quickly. How to develop your purpose? You have to be in a constant state of perceiving and walking in pace with the Holy Spirit. In order to develop your purpose, you gotta slow your life down and pace your life. Patient, like that's right. Allow the Lord to continue using you as a vessel. That's right. To develop your purpose, you got to be intentional in being involved and intertwined with the Holy Spirit. You know when you're going too fast and when you're going too slow. You know when you're speeding, you know when you're slowing down. You got to be able to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going too fast. It's Wednesday, it's Thursday, it's whatever day, and I'm going too fast. I'm going to slow down. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get in my Bible. I'm going to get in my disciplines. I'm going to get into my devotions. I'm going to get into you, God, because in order for me to develop my purpose and to become my best self, to be more, to be effective for you, I got to be in a constant state of perceiving and walking in pace with the Holy Spirit. Next point, how to develop your purpose. You got to create daily patterns that support your calls or calling. You got to surround your purpose with, with patterns, habits, decisions, um, disciplines. These things are essential. In order for me to develop, I have to read a lot. I have to study my word a lot. I have to talk to God a lot. Um, I, you just don't get revelation by being distant from God. You don't. You don't get uh, uh, exegetical skills just by not reading the Bible. You got. You. I gotta be in that book every day. I gotta be. I gotta read. I gotta study. I gotta know this thing. I gotta pray. I gotta pray. I gotta pray means I talk to God, man. I I, I talk to God, man, hours upon hours a day. I just talk. It's just, anytime I'm alone, I'm probably talking to him. God, what do you think about this? What does that mean? What the, I'm always talking. 
You got to create daily patterns that support your calls. Next point, how to develop your purpose. You got to put what you know into practice. If you know better, you'll go better. Huh? If you know better, you'll go further. There we go. You got to put what you know into practice. Don't practice till you get it right. Practice you can't get it wrong. Become a master at your craft. Become skilled. 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 That's right. Talk to God. If you're on the track, no matter what, talk to him. God just doesn't want talented people. He wants skilled individuals. Talent. Everybody has talent, but not everybody is skilled at their talent. Some people, they rest on their talent. They don't become skilled. No, you got to turn your talent into skill. You got to put what you on the practice. Practice that thing. Oh, I practice. Why you think I do? Man, I've been answering questions for 10 years. That's why people be shocked. How do you see a question and formulate a thought that quick? I'm a master at it. I'm skilled. Josh, how can you take a scripture and come up with an hour and 45 minutes on it? I'm skilled. I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. I've been doing this for 12 years. You got to be able to put your 10,000 hours in. If you want 10,000, 20,000, 40,000 hours of a certain type of life, you got to put 10,000 hours in. If you want decades of a great life of mastery, you got to at least give you give it give your purpose 10 years of practice. Next point, how to develop your purpose? Protect what you have at all costs. Protect your, what you have at all. How do you talk to him more actively throughout your day? Good question, Stephen. By just talking to him. I treat God like he's a person. He's not a machine. He's not a genie in a bottle. He is a person. So God, I just talked to God. Me and God are so cool, close, that when I'm in the car, I talk to him about what's on my heart. I vent to him about what I think about life. I, I just talk to him. God, what do you think about this? God, this is who I'm upset with. This is what's bothering me. This is what's going on in my marriage, God. How do I become a better husband? I talk to him. And because I, I have that repertoire with God, uh, a rapport with God, not repertoire, but because I have that rapport with God, I know when he speaks to me, he'll 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 speak to me through a coworker. He'll speak to me through a child. He'll speak to me through an aunt. He'll speak to me just verbally, not audibly. I haven't heard it. Well, I heard it all the voice of God one time in my life, but he'll speak I know how he speaks to me. That's what I mean by that. You see what I'm saying? Uh, how do you know when you hear God's voice? His voice would never contradict his word. When you know his word, you'll know his voice. The purity of God's voice is in his word. The more your, his word is in you, the clearer his voice becomes because you'll begin to recognize that ain't of God. There's three types of voices in your head. There's your voice, there's demonic voice, and there's divine voice. That's, that's your voice, divine voice, or demonic voice. And the more, whatever you engage in the most will determine whose voice you know and engage it. If you in the demonic and in the occult and in the world system and you in the worldly things and all these different things, his voice is going to be the loudest. If you consumed of yourself and in the world, your voice would be dominant. But when you are closer and engaged with the divine often, you will begin to recognize his voice because the Bible says, uh, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. For time's sake, I got to keep going. I got six minutes. You got to protect what you have at all costs before you put out, put on, put on the whole armor of God. Before you put out your purpose, before you put out any kind of energy, <clears throat> make sure you put on. Before you go out the house, you got on clothes, I hope. Some of us are spiritually naked with no armor. You're so welcome. And wonder why we get so defeated. You got to protect your purpose at all costs, man. Your purpose is the most valuable thing because of how valuable it is to people. He does. He does talk to me peacefully. How do you develop your pur purpose? Be supported by strong pillars, strong people of accountability. 
Be surrounded by people who ain't afraid to lose you. You got to be around people that say, you know what? I love me enough that I don't care if I lose you. Those people will tell you like it is, tell you the truth. You got to be around people that ain't afraid. People who are afraid to lose you will tell you everything that you want to hear. You got to be around people that be like, yo, you tripping. I got people that chin check me. Josh, you tripping. My wife's a chin checker. I ain't want no soft wife. I got, I'm glad I got a strong wife. I ain't want no soft wife. My wife, Josh, check me, baby. Check me. You see what I'm saying? We'll get to the questions in a minute. <clears throat> you got to be supported by strong pillars. I know weak, sensitive pillars. Those sensitive pillars. You need to be around strong pillars. And strength doesn't mean domineering. Strength just means straightforward. Here's the word of God. Here it is. This is what it means to be, and it's what it is. Let's keep going. I got four minutes, and we get to some Q&A. Uh, how to distribute your purpose? Only distribute, produce, in the power of the Holy Ghost. You don't distribute because of demand. People supply according to demand of people. Moses, Holy Ghost, you are amazing. Moses didn't enter the promised land because of demands of the people. Just because they demand from you don't mean you supply. You as you in pace with God. You don't distribute because people want it. You give it because God tell you to give it. <clears throat> Moses couldn't enter the promised land because he hit the rock twice. The demanders of the people. Who cares what everybody demand? People trying. You know how many people are pastors right now because of the of people. Do you know how many people try to make me their pastor? That's why I stopped unplugged because people wanted me to be their pastor. And I'm not called to be a pastor right now. I'm submitted under my pastor for however long. And you know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm called to a higher calling. I don't got time to listen to the mans of people and they make it. So you know how people are who became pastors too soon, became parents too soon, became husbands too soon, became wives too soon, became lead, uh, 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 business owners too soon. You don't got to supply to every demand. You distribute in accordance to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know as the Holy Spirit right now. I know this is what I'm supposed to do because the power of God is working through me. This is not Josh. Josh is not talking to you. Josh wants a sandwich. The Holy Ghost like, hold on to sandwich, young blood. I got you. Holy Spirit, I know this is what I'm supposed to do because he's empowering me to do it. <clears throat> How to distribute your purpose? Keep perceiving and remaining poised. These are two quick points. And you distribute your purpose with the right heart. Genuinely. We'll talk more about these points later on in the course. This was meant to just be a foundational um, message on purpose to kind of get you kind of, okay, I see what coach is trying to say. Now, the activity I have for those who's on my life work page, and if you're like, oh, good night, good night, y'all, I know. Good night, y'all. We love you in Jesus' name, man. Good night. I know y'all got to go. Uh, <clears throat> I have activity for y'all for those on the life work page. Get y'all's questions ready. Get y'all, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Get y'all's questions ready. I got to get y'all's questions ready real quick. <clears throat> For those who are on my LifeWork page, lifework.teachable.com. Thank you, sis. Who's on my uh, uh, website gets this worksheet for free. And I have activities for you. This week, I want you to think about your reason for being here. And I'm going to stop there because you got to go there to read the rest. Basically, I have what are, you, what are you in regard, where are you in regards to your purpose? I got questions that helps you find the proximity of your purpose. And I have a sentence that helps you kind of uh, uh, put it within context. And I also got your holistic plan there. If you want to know what this is, go to lifework.teachable.com right now. Oh, questions coming in. Let me stop right here. Let me let me stop my, my mouse right here so I can get uh, the, those who came in first at that point. Um, 
um, lifework.teachable.com. Download this worksheet as well as the holistic plan for free. Um, the activities is very dense. It's supposed to be. And I know, I know I got a lot of messages. I'm mean, not a lot, but a, a couple or so message from people who's like, man, coach, this is, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Sadness is the beginning of gladness. Um, and what I mean by that, you have sadness is part of gladness. Like you're going to be sad. <clears throat> you're looking at yourself. You're going to, you're going to be disappointed in yourself. You're going to feel all kinds of feelings, but, uh, but that's part of growth. Um, then one day you're going to be glad that you went through that process and there will be uh, no more tears to shed in regards to that. Hope to help. Um, Josh says, coach, I feel like God is leading me to create a Christian based podcast. Right up my alley. What are some simple ways I can talk to non-Christian people about God? I don't want to scare people away. Great question, Josh. I think I coached you. I don't know if I coached you, but you sound similar to a guy that I talked to last summer about this. Basically, the safest way to deliver any type of Christian material is to talk about things that Christ has covered, that Christ has developed you in character, and that you won't disqualify yourself because you still got hidden practices right now in your life, right? And so uh, uh, if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to create a podcast, just simply get a, <clears throat> like I do, I simply get a sheet of paper. I always carry with me, uh, what's these things called? Clipboard. And I carry a blank sheet of paper. If I'm not at my desk, I have a clipboard and I just, and I leave it a blank page. Holy Spirit, what do you have on your heart for me today? And right then a word will drop in me. A phrase will drop in my spirit, a vision. I may see things on the wall, not really, but you know how you go and you zone out and you see this whole picture here. And then next thing I know, <clears throat> I'm creating it. So to advise, let me read your question again so I can get very specific. Coach, I feel like God's leading me to create a Christian-based podcast. What are some simple ways I can talk to non-Christian people about God? Only talk to God's people about things God has freed you from. Don't talk about anything beyond that because you're not qualified. Don't try. I was guilty of this. I tried it. I spoke on a lot of things I didn't experience. And then when I started spirit, experiencing spiritual warfare, <clears throat> I started experiencing temptation. I began to slow it down, those type of talks. You see what I'm saying? Now, but because God has freed me from certain things, I'm now qualified. Oh, no, 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 no. Because God has freed me from it and is keeping me free from it, because freedom is an everyday process, because in a moment you can find yourself back in bondage. In a moment you can find yourself back in prison. So you have to have the rise say, just because you've been freed from a, a certain sinful practice doesn't mean that, that, a, that a trap is not looming. You got to stay in the freedom of Christ, the presence of him, of his, so that you can stay in that place of freedom. But do not teach God's people anything that God hasn't, that you haven't fully taught yourself. The Bible talks about it Romans. Why try to teach to others and you haven't even taught yourself, you disqualify yourself. You become unqualified because your sins will find you out. What you practice in the dark will find itself in, in, in your life. And then people will look at your, 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 uh, what you practice in the dark and what you've been preaching in the light. And they're going to be like, they don't have no likeness to them. They're not alike. Then people ain't going to, it's so much damage that happens to people that speak on things that they're not mature enough to. Zeal must be backed by wisdom. So <clears throat> how to um, serve God's people is to get a sheet of paper and write down everything that you have experienced, whether it was from, well, be very specific to you because people want to get to know you. People want to see how God worked on you. And then you'll begin to find, um, points like the reason I'm not going to talk about the purpose of marriage. I've only been married. I'm not going to talk a heavy in my podcast about marriages. I only been married for a buck and some change, a year and some change. You see what I'm saying? But singleness, 
I know for a fact I mastered that. I did well in that. I have fruit of that. I wouldn't have 111 people. I wouldn't watch me right now and hundreds later. I wouldn't have 660 something people in my course right now <clears throat> if people didn't see that I was a person that mastered that. So, 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 so take some time to write a sheet of paper and say, Holy Spirit, what can I help people with? And don't just create a platform that tells, create a platform that, that, that enables. Don't just create a platform that edifies, create a platform that, 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 that um, enables. And what I mean by that, I always want to give y'all worksheets, always want to give you something that you can take home and work on yourself. So simple ways into uh, talking to not talking to non-Christian when ways I can talk to non-Christian people about God, real, recognize real. Some of the realest people in the world, some of the fakest people in the church. You see what I'm saying? Real, recognize real. When I'm real around non-believers, I'm not extra churchy. I'm just a Christian. I'm just myself. And when you um, are able to communicate realness, uh, people, the remnant wants the real. And the people who 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 or who are have yet to be saved but will be saved, they want the real. That's why you know I grow slow because I'm raw. I grow slow because but I'm real. But I'll be respected forever. People who give you that weak stuff are only going to be respected for a moment. But if you give people the real, you'll be respected for life. But you can't be respected unless you inspect it. You got to inspect your life in order to have a respected life. You inspect your life daily. Write on that sheet of paper everything. Write down your target audience, who they are down to the to the shades of color, not just one shade, but the shades of color to the gender, to the to the specifics, to the specific background and spend time with the Holy Spirit. Get you a journal, a podcast notebook and write. And the Holy Spirit will give you so many ideas. I could talk about this because when I was five, I went through that. Start with your past and write down how God was faithful to you in your past. Because people want to see what God has done for you. Because why will someone want to serve a God and they can't see God in your life? They want a real God and you got to give them their real. So, Coach, I feel like God is leading me to create a Christian-based podcast. What are some simple ways I can talk to non-Christian people about God? Get to know him first. Keep getting to know him. And from that residue. See, I only give y'all the residue of my relationship. All this is what skimmed off the top. Overflow. I'm giving you the overflow from my life. I'm keeping what's mine. I ain't giving you what's mine. I'm giving you what's overflowing out of this vessel. So the more you get to know God, you'll begin, it'll bubble up to your throat and it'll come out your mouth and you'll be able to write it down and get it out to the people. Talk to Christians about people. I don't want to scare people away. Um, you, it's hard to scare. The truth is scary. So no matter what, when you tell the truth, the truth is going to scare people. Uh, but what you have to do is you got to make sure you get you tell the truth in love, grace and truth, truth and grace, love and grace. You see what I'm saying? Love and truth. And when you and when you have empathy, you will truly be able to reach them. Hope they help. Uh, next question, how to survive the temptation of pornography and self-pleasure? Great question. Now, how to survive the temptation of pornography? This is how you do it. First off, you got to see pornography for what it really is. Pornography is a tool the devil has created to warp the minds of men and women to create unrealistic expectations on sex. Sex type type of sex that people cannot, uh, average normal people cannot um, perform. And so what happens when you're watching um, your mind cannot really, it's not, it wasn't built to process that level of, 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 uh, fantasy because the chance of you actually 
having that in real life is quite slim unless you some um, people out there who got access to that that many that type of that many women and that many men right uh and so it creates unrealistic expectation of you to the point to where you're like i'm unable uh or it creates on demand pleasure and 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 intimacy is not always on demand. Intimacy comes from love. Love is is the best way to have sex. People are making lust. They're not making love. Making love is with a person that you care about their body alone. That you're not going to allow your the images that you watched on the on 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 the, on, the, on the TV or on the computer to compete with what you see through your eyes. Because whatever you allow, whatever images that you allow in your mind will warp the real image of your woman, the real image of your husband, and the real image of your wife. And then you will be begin to look at her in comparison to these professional porn stars and you'll find yourself dissatisfied. You'll find yourself not having enough. And then you will leave your 80 for somebody else's 20 and then find out that you got 80% of that person's 20. And that comes with STDs. It comes with a baby. It comes with a lot of different things. So when you see sin for what it really is and you, and you, begin to really look at like, this thing is really damaging. It is damaging the minds of a lot of people. Then, then you will say, God, I need deliverance. I need repent. I need to repent from this. Holy Spirit, help me turn away. But the way you turn away is to look that way. And I don't look that way. Don't look on the pornography. Don't look, really look at and look at how the damaging effects of pornography on your mind. Research that. Research there are it is damaging. It is, it is, it's the pornography is the sole reason, the sole thing that has warped, warped. Warp the way people see each other and how they engage in sex and the on-demand pleasure. No man's, uh, you know what, can compete with a woman's vibrator. No woman can compete with a man's hand. It's just, you can't, you can't compete with on-demand pleasure. And if you create a life of on-demand pleasure, then when it's time to receive pleasure, you won't even get up for her. You won't even be able to be uh, 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 ready for him uh, because, because, because of what you've been engaging in. And it's a dangerous tactic by the devil. But how do you survive the temptation of pornography? Man, to be honest with you, you got to cut all interests of it. And it's not going to it's not going to be easy uh, because we live in a, a pornographic world and, and we live in a world where, man, Lululemon is everywhere. You see, you live in a world where uh, 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 everybody, everything is tighter now. Um, but what you do is to make sure your home is pure. You make sure that your phone, you have blockers on your phone, that you got somebody that can hold you accountable, someone that you can't lie to because they know how to read your body language. They know they know how you lie. They know how you lie. Those are the people you need to have around you, people who know how you lie. And so that you, so they'll be able to say, you know what, you really been doing this and that you could be held accountable. Accountability and responsibility and reliability. Rely, the reliability of God the responsibility of you and the accountability of others. Ooh, God, that's powerful. The reliability of God. He is a present help in a time of trouble. He will, he can keep you if you desire to be kept. In every moment of temptation, he makes a way of escape. The best way of escape is not to enter. It's to run from the entrance. You're knowing, trusting God's reliability, you taking full responsibility and you submitting to accountability, you'll find pornography out of your life. And will you go through withdrawal periods? You best believe it. But it's better to go through withdrawals period and have your drawers at all different other people's houses. And you find yourself uh, caught with something and, and, and then and ha- looking at and, and having disappointment in your wife's eye, disappointment in your man's eye. 
your body, every time you do that, register, that's how quick sex is supposed to be. That's how quick pleasure is supposed to be released. And then when you meet a woman who, who is new or and your wife who is pure, who hasn't done it in a while, who is trying to do it the right way, you're going to want it so bad. And then when your wife says, or your potential wife or the woman that you're dating says, I want to wait till marriage, you will, you will try to balance that, that period with pornography. It ain't going to work. And then now when you get married, I do doesn't erase your porn habit that you had during courtship. It ain't going to erase your porn habit that you had during the dating phase. It's going to flood right into your marriage because wives are not porn stars. Husbands are not porn stars. They are intricate, uh, unique individuals. They, when you want sex, your wife may, what happens when your wife is sick? What happens when your wife is not able? What happens when your husband's not able? What if it's just not the right time? And then, then you get disappointed because you want the on-demand pleasure. And then when she don't give it to you, when he don't give it to you, you run into the screen. How does it about the temptation of pornography? Trust in God's reliability, take full responsibility, and trust in accountability. Those three things will help you with any sin with any sin. Trust that God is reliable enough to help you. Because if you don't believe he's reliable enough to help you, because every time you find yourself in a moment of practicing sin, God's like, yo, what's up? We're like, we out. We out or we out? We out or we out? We can go right now. I got you right now. I'm reliable enough to get you out of this moment of temptation. And if you, and if you, what, what I used to do, I used to run out the house. I used to run to the gym. I, I had a 24. I went to the gym. I went to the gym. I did. I went outside, did pushups. I, I, I opened my Bible like this. I did. I did what I had to do because God was reliable. And I took full responsibility. Josh, you got to make some changes. You're hurting yourself, Josh. This is hurting you. Took full responsibility and I found accountability. Or I, or I submitted to the accountability God sent my way. Hotel. Um, because if you try to please yourself, you will be you will be a displeasure to others. If you're so focused on pleasing yourself, you won't be able to please anybody else. Because in marriage, you have to have selfless love, not selfish love. This pornography creates self-centered love, not selfless love. If you want your marriage to thrive, you have to be selfless. Meaning, you if you don't feel like you got to give it up, if your selfless love means I want to out please you, I don't want I don't want to be the sole source of pleasure. You got to please me. No, my job is to please you. Period. Love, the love that God wants us to have intimately, intimately in our marriage is a selfless love, not a self-centered love. And you know what kind of love you have in your marriage based upon that person's response when 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 they don't have what they have. I mean, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, you're human. But there's something in your mind going to be like, I understand why it's not happening right now. And you don't run to pornography. Or you don't run to another woman. You don't run to another man. You don't run to your Instagram, top 10 Instagram uh, thoughts. You see what I'm saying? Next question. Dana Warfield says, how do you feel about burning sage? I ha was having a convo with someone and they were saying, well, if it's bad, then we should look down on anointing oil because they do the same. Wondering your opinion. Uh, everything boils down to intention. The attention of sage versus the attention of anointing oil is two different things. Uh, people use sage. Uh, I, I don't know too much about it. So I, I'm guessing um, a lot of <clears throat> people in the occult or witch work from what I've seen about it uses that or people pass down generation by generation people use it as getting rid of demons um i don't know too much about that um to be honest i don't even want to i don't want to ask i don't even want to answer it um i just wouldn't do it i, I just uh, your words your words get demons out you see what i'm saying you ain't got to you don't got to burn no sage i use anointing oil though because that's what the bible says uh anoint you know anoint 
my head with oil. I anoint my territory with oil and I, and I utilize it all as a representative of a marker of the Holy Spirit. But sage, I don't know too much about. And I don't want I don't want to waste your time uh, uh, just saying a bunch of stuff and not really giving you the answer that you need. But I'll look into it for you and um, ask me that question about a month or so, or a few weeks or so. But you know who you know who can answer that question right now? The Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so you don't even gotta wait on me. Holy Spirit can answer it right now. I just don't want to answer any question I do not have full knowledge of or experience with. And I just missed my. There we go. All right, here we go. Nick Antoine says, I have 93 over, I have 93 overall average. I don't see the purpose in learning certain things that I won't use. Should I ask God what class to take because he uses the classes I take or just go to school just because? Um, you don't do anything just because you do everything because because. Not because, but because. Because of the cause, I do this, right? Um, so some of us, we are in places right now because of societal pressures and parental pressures, right? Uh, but what you have to really process is that, okay, God, should I walk away from this school right now? See, my whole purpose, I tell my story. The whole purpose of me going to Oral Roberts University, hindsight being 22, and was not school. It was for me to see. It was for me to see how ministry is done and how it's not supposed to be done. God allowed me to behind the scenes and to be close to people of big name people. If I told you names right now, you wouldn't even believe it. Whose sons and daughters I went to school with, who I know right now, and people that that um, I I don't know personally, but I came across and went to school with. Um, ORU was not for me to go and get a doc, a, a degree because I don't have a degree, but I got a degree in 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 seeing. <laughs> I got a degree in sin because I saw a lot and I learned a lot there. And so all you got to do is ask God, why am I here? And should I finish? And who cares about what your parents say? Who cares about what you even think? Um, if God says stay, you stay because it could just be that classmate in that class that you're supposed to learn more about yourself. Maybe that's the person in this class at the third, third uh, 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 the second half of your day that teaches you more about patience. Everything is about the purpose of God. And so I will sit down with God and say, God, I'm going to trust your leading. Because people want God to speak, but God leads. God pulls you to places. And if you feel a pull to stay there, you know how the Holy Spirit talks to you, Nick. If you feel like the Holy Spirit telling you to stay, you stay. If it, Sometimes all you got to do is look at that page and say, uh, Heavenly Father, precious Spirit of God, here is all the potential classes for the day. Show me which ones to take this semester, and he will. You have to believe that he'll show you. You cannot, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man can't expect to receive anything from God. You got, you got to believe that he will reveal to you every answer that you need. I have a 93 overall average. I don't want, I don't see the purpose. Some of that stuff you learn, ain't no purpose in it. But at the same time, there's purpose in it. There may not be purpose in it, but there may be purpose in that class. It may be person in, in purpose within that professor that you will learn down the road. Some of the life lessons that I'm living now came from me being in certain classes and being in college and being in school. Um, but everything must be led by the spirit of God. Uh, should I ask God what class? Definitely ask God what class to take because he uses the class I take or just go to school just because. No, no, no. Don't do anything just because. Do it because of the cause. And God will cause you and guide you into places where you'll be like, wow, this is why I'm in this class. This is why I'm here. Great question, man. Kimberly Williams says, is it possible for your purpose to come out of pain, even if that pain was caused out of your own rebellion? Yes. 
God uses everything for your good, especially those who are who are are, are who are, man, what's that scripture called? Who are who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. If you made a mistake, but you genuinely love God, God will use that. If you are desiring to be called according to His purpose, He will use that. There is purpose in pain. There is pain. There is purpose in every pain. Uh, out of the pain of childbearing births a child. There's purpose in every pain. Every pain I went through birthed something, produced something that is that I'm using for my purpose now. I'm so glad I went through pain. No pain, no gain. You know what I'm saying? So many people want to be kept away from pain. God snatched me out of the pain. God said, man, if I snatch you out of the pain, you ain't going to gain nothing. So don't expect God to pull you out of things that he has to pull you through because the lesson is, is in going through it. The lesson is going through it because when you feel pain, what was it? What, how? What did you do the first time you touched that stove? Did you touch it again? No. Purpose in that pain, not to touch a stove. Because as a kid, red is good. Red is red is for apples. Red is for uh, Clifford. Clifford's red. Clifford was my favorite. He's the OG. Clifford. Clifford's red. Apples are red. Roses are red. So that stove showing some red, I'm going to touch it. And then when you touch it, you, you realize all red is not created equally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and in that painful moment, you learned a valuable lesson. There is pain, a purpose in pain. You become more aware of your purpose through pain. And you got to forgive yourself from that rebellion and really learn the lessons of that painful experience. And when you take the time to learn the lessons of that painful experience, you will minimize future pains. And what I mean by future pains, we're talking about not, uh, uh, um, um, what's the things that uh, women have? Contractions. We're not talking about contractions. Contractions leads to purpose. Those type of pain leads to purpose. We're talking about unnecessary pains. So learning from your past pains keeps you from potential, un, uh, potentially un, uh, uh, potential um, um, pains. When you learn from your past pain, you will begin to uh, minimize or, or completely eliminate um, unnecessary pains. Now, will there be contractual pains? Because anytime you birth something, it's going to be pain. Yeah. But yeah, you can learn from your pain. Aline says, coach, I know that God will reveal his purpose for us in part, but what do you do if you don't know where to start to actually fulfill the purpose that God has for you? I'm also a person that's horrified. Totally understand, Aline. Um, like I said before, the purpose that God has for you is scary. I mean, the stuff that God has showed me, I got, I recorded prophecies, um, people, uh, you know, uh, since I was a young boy, man, people were saying, you're going to do great things, man. My mom, um, even changed my name to Joshua because the angel, uh, spirit of God told her to change my name to Joshua because I'm going to be a great leader. So I was always up under the microscope and the pressure of purpose. And when I even think about it, when I take moments to think about what God is going to do through my life globally, which he is now, is it's humbling. And some of that humbling comes from heaviness that God will utilize me to reach people like, man, I don't got no college degree. But, you know, I got a degree in life. You know what I'm saying? And I, 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 I have wisdom, a gift of wisdom. And, and yes, it's scary. But what I realize in life is I'd rather fulfill my purpose afraid than to run in fear. I'd rather run towards my purpose afraid than to retreat in fear. So where do you start? You start with the conversation with God. You start with the conversation with God and say, God, I am afraid I need your help. 
that kind of prayer, God will answer immediately because you have came to the end of your road and you came to the end of your own journey. And now you're ready to follow him. Coach, I know that God will reveal his purpose for us in part. That is true. That's true. I didn't cover that. Uh, that's why I say make sure you scale back your purpose from being lifelong to day long. Because every day will kind of be the parts that leads to the, oh, wow, this what it was. Man, if God showed you the journey the first time he showed, gave you a nudge about your purpose, you will run away. That's why God has to show it to you in part so it make it digestible. Just like a parent chews the peas, chews the carrots, chews the food before you chew it, God chews your purpose before he gives it to you. He breaks it down the way where you're able to digest it. And, and that's how he does it. I know God will reveal his purpose for us in part, but what to do if you don't know where to start to actually fill that purpose? You focus on God. Who am I? And then God will open you up and he'll say, man, you good with words, daughter. Girl, you know you can sing. Girl, when I, I, when you in the mirror, girl, you you just sing. Girl, the way you, the way people are like, well, I'm good at makeup. Maybe makeup is an avenue, but at the bottom of it, maybe you just good at making sure women are made up. So these people are like, why am I good at makeup? Maybe because you like to see women at their best. And maybe God is going to show you, well, do makeup because you're going to have a lot of broken women come in your makeup parlor, come in your hair salon, come in your barbershop. That's why I do not despise any gift. Because if you're good at barber, you bar being a barber is a, is, is a type of ministry. Being a, a, <clears throat> a hair designer, being a makeup artist. So you, you got to be able to say, okay, what am I good at? And find the bottom floor. Find out where you're good at. This is what I'm good at. Now, find the bottom floor, the foundation. That's what the father wants you to do. Oh, okay. So if I create this hair salon, I know I'm going to get a lot of broken women in here. And they would have to be up under me for two hours or so. And I get a chance to help them feel like they belong. Um, because every the front door of everyone's purpose is the word belong. If you don't make people feel like they belong, they won't be a customer long. If you don't make people feel like they belong, they won't be around you long. Um, and that means you got to be long. In order, in order to make people feel like they belong, you got to be long. Man, you got to be long suffering. You got to be long suffering so people can be able to feel like that you are able through the help of the Holy Spirit through you to be able to help them get to a place of belief that their behaviors change. That's why God allows us to go through so much so that we can be lengthened, so that we can be elongated, so that we can be longer. So when people come into our lives, we can withstand two hours of advice. We can withstand it because we are long enough. You see what I'm saying? And so uh, you start with a conversation with God and find out what you're good at. Like, yo, I'm good at this. Like, I'm good at words. Like, I can only give you my example. When I found out, I looked at my yearbook. I think I was in college. And I looked at my yearbook and I was like, yo, people like my advice. People really come to me because I, I was just a good listener, man. I was just a good listener. I, I gave great advice. I was just good at words. And I was like, you know, what's the bottom floor? The bottom floor is how can I use words to help people feel inspired Coupled with that inspiration, intentionality to be the person they was to be the individual they was created to be. And so that's why I said, okay, what vehicles are out there for me to take this inspiration in, to take this uh intentionality in? And I began to say, well, I could blog. Blogging was big back then, so I started writing. 
I, and the guy gave me the grand old idea. Josh, write a book. And I said, I guess I'll write a book. And then technology enhanced. And now I was able to get on Facebook video and I got my own camera. And someone blessed me with a webcam and I just started using the resource that I have. So when God releases to you what you're supposed to do, look around you and say, what resource can I use to get that out to people? Um, and don't be afraid. Run into your purpose afraid. Don't retreat in fear. I'd rather you go in there afraid, holding on to God's hand real tight, than to let God's hand go and run away from the process the whole time. Because God will um, lead you into places that are bigger than you, heavier than you, and you got to trust that he's in you. Hope that helps. Uh, Steven says, Hey coach, good evening. I hope your day is going well. I'm a 70 year old guy and a few friends. And I wanted to know if you had any tips on how to overcome or how to overcome masturbation. Thanks for your help. I'm going to show that. Um, good question. Uh, make sure I didn't lose it. Okay. 17 is a tough age. It's not a tough age for God, but it's a tough age because you know, you know, it is what it is. You're 17 and you're in, you're in your prime son. Um, but the advice I want to give you and your friends is this, um, y'all can't hold each other accountable. You can. There's a certain kind of accountability that y'all can hold each other, but none of y'all are at a place of of maturity um, to really help each other. So what you have to do is, is say, okay, who is there a pastor? Is there a youth minister? Is there somebody who is clear and freed from that in a thriving marriage? You see what I'm saying? A thriving marriage where they're accountable. You see what I'm saying? And their wife got a smile on their face and then you see that they love each other and, it, and it's infectious. Infectious. It's, it's not infectious, but it's, it's, it's evident. God will bring you around a, a, a group of men who have solid, sound families because don't trust a man whose family's not sound. Uh, who's not secured. If his family's all over the place, his son is in this, his daughter is in that, his wife is, is downcasting in her demeanor, don't trust that man. Because a man who puts his ministry, put his business, put anything before his family is, is a coward, is, is a man who's not a man. It's a man who's still trying to pursue his boy dreams. A real man makes sure his family outshines what he does. If his family doesn't look better than what he's functioning in, then you can't trust him to hold you accountable. He'll give you great quotes. He'll give you great advice. He'll give you great life lessons. But if he hasn't applied in his life, you're going to lose hope in yourself when you find out he's not living what he's been loosened out of his lips towards you. So what you got to do as young men is that, yes, y'all can kind of check on each other, but y'all need a greater level of a council, a, a community of people that you can be honest with. They ain't going to look at you like this. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, you do what? Y'all do what? No, you need someone that's going to be like, understand they understanding, but they're, but they're just not going to leave you in there. Oh, you're going to be okay. No, they're going to be like, this is how you do it. Give me your phone. Tell me, look at the mile. And what you have to do is that person's going to hold you accountable. And y'all, as y'all hold each other accountable as teenagers, y'all got to put a strong uh, um, uh, emphasis on purity. Um, because once you start walking in that purity, everything else performs better. You perform better. You do things better because you're not clouded by, by on-demand pleasure. And then when, over time, you will find yourself rarely ever getting turned on. Your reason why you are turned on often is because you're the one flipping the switch. If you keep flipping the switch, then your body's going to be like, I guess we're in a sexual relationship with the wife. So we're going to oh, let's stay turned on because we're created to procreate. We're created to uh, be intimate. And so if you keep messing with the switch, 
it always going to be turned on. So what you do is if you limit the, the friction, if you limit the turn on, if you limit it over time, you'll find yourself going periods. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you're going to get the morning wood. That's just life. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you're going to get stuff. That's, I mean, not all the time, but you're going to get stuff that's going to, you're going to get a rise. But what I'm saying is it, it will be more of a surprise than a uh, enterprise. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this enterprise, we, this is what we do. We ready to go. No, it's going to be like, you know what? God kept me. He is keeping me. But you got to take full risk. You got to trust in God's reliability. You got to take full responsibility. You got to be surrounded by strong, proven accountability. If not, you're not going to make it. So my advice to all you 17 year olds, you and your friends, Stephen, um, I'm a 17 year old guy and a few friends. And I wanted to know if you had any tips on how to overcome masturbation. Um, first off, you got to understand your anatomy, understand that you are a man and, and your body will do what a body does, what a body does. And you have to limit your uh, inter interaction with that area because if you don't enter, if you interact that area all the time, it's going to be very difficult to navigate this world. But if you rarely uh, interact with that area of life, and you're and you're and you're not idle, and, and but you're intentional with your time, man, there was times I was I got to a point where tiredness kept me from doing that. I was too tired, man, early on. I was just too tired. Like, man, I was just writing books. I was just doing stuff. I like, man, I'm too tired. I don't have idle time because idle time leads to imaginations. Imaginations leads to, you know what? So number one, y'all can check on each other. Number one, y'all y'all build a community of, of, of purity nation. That's cool. Um, number two, you got to say, okay, fellas, we cannot trust ourselves because we have not mastered this area. So we're going to go to our local church or go to wherever, and we're going to ask God, we're going to pray, pray together, pray individually, pray collectively, say, Holy Spirit, who, what men can hold us accountable? And God will show you those men. And then you let them hold you accountable and let and, and let their honesty, let the embarrassment set in, let the let the pain set in, let the remorse set in. And the more you begin to feel that, the deeper your relationship become because you'll begin to realize you can't do it in your own strength. You can only do it by the help of the Holy Ghost. I rely on him every day. That's not a day I don't rely on God on that area because at any given moment you can slip back. That's what you got. You got to be so uh, not afraid of it, but you got to be so on top of yourself so that you won't be playing with yourself. You see what I'm saying? And so those are some of the tips that I, I can give you. Um, um, but you got to see pornography for what it really is. You got to see that if you keep doing, if you keep flipping the switch, when you see her in that Lulu, you'll do the doo-doo. Now I ain't talking about doo-doo. You're going to be doing the do it. You're going to be doing the do. And when she, when you see her in that Lulu, you see what I'm saying? Cause this world is so pornographic is so uh hypersexualized that man is it's not easy to navigate but when you keep your when you keep the 90% of your navigation pure that's just certain gym I don't go to there's a certain place I don't go because I don't got time to see all that you just you just you you just it, it when you, if you see it is because it showed up at the grocery store if you see it because it showed up in places that you go but you shouldn't be in areas where those things are thriving. Hope that helped for y'all, man. I really do. And uh, make sure you email me, Stephen. I can talk. I can tell you. I can go a little bit, probably a little bit more deeper. Maybe I could do a conference call with y'all and kind of go in deeper on how how God helped me with that. Then we can make that happen. Um, so uh, go to my website, Stephen. I am unplugged.com. Type in your name and say that you and your other friends would like to have a. Uh, it won't, I won't charge you. Just say I would like to have a conference call with Josh, with Coach Josh, and I'll be more than happy to get on that phone with y'all and go deeper. What is the personality website again, man? I'm going two hours and four, man. The personality website again is 16personalities.com.
I'm, I'm done. I'm y'all. I, I'm tired. I'll go on two hours and four minutes. Um, I pray this was a blessing to you. I pray it helps you. Um, it will repost. It will be available. If you're watching this to the end, thank y'all so much. Um, everything you know need to know about me is on imunplugged.com. If you want to give, you can give to support what I do here and support our mentoring program. You can. We have six books you can uh, get. Um, we got The Purpose of Singleness, the book that this is about. We'll be more into this in the next phase of the, of the process. Uh, that book's on singleness, how to become whole. This book right here. World Award Me, How to Win the You Can't Win the War Outside of You Can't Win the War with them. It's a book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God. It has verses on the back of the book to help you kind of uh, hide his word in your heart. Uh, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, is a book that I wrote for those who have who struggle with soul ties and strongholds. Um, this book right here, Dating Prep, is for all those who are dating themselves and love their life. Um, or in a dating relationship of any kind, is questions in here that'll help you in the relationship that you're not supposed to be in and invigorate the relationship you're supposed to be in. And of course, the nostalgia, the book, the first book I ever wrote, the book Unplugged, the top thing being unplugged from. Uh, my book, as he says, um, I don't have that book around. My book, as he says, as he was for students I serve, is a book for elementary to high school students of all kinds. Um, but all those books are on my website. Two courses, including this one, makes it three on my website. Go there. I am unplugged.com. Share the video, like the video, get it out to as many people as possible. And um, T-shirts um, up, under, up under videos on YouTube. Um, go to lifework.teachable.com to get the worksheets. Um, a lot of great tools in here. Uh, about uh, how many pages? About six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six pages of resources to help you kind of process this week. I know it's a lot. That's how my brain is. Pace yourself. If it's a lot, don't worry about being behind. <clears throat> Pace yourself. These materials will always be available to you. I love you all. Coach going to go get him a sandwich of some kind or maybe some stir fry because I got a, the vessel. The Holy Spirit is done. And when the Holy Spirit is done with you, you got to fill yourself up with some food because you're going to be tired. I love you. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next week. I'll probably do some live Q&As in between, but know there's a video dropping every day at noon. And there's pretty much the questions from my previous uh, Q&A videos. Share those. Get involved. Subscribe. Hit the bell. I love y'all. Time to eat. Peace.